this already? Yeah, no. Do you, you don't do uh, like interviews or anything? No. I'm, yeah. I'm not a. I'm behind the camera. The what? last interview I did was with um, with Shad Harris, and I was very awkward. He asked me, "What do you do?" And I'm like, oh, "I be out here. I don't know how to." He's like, "What do you do out here, though?" Like, <laughs> I be. <laughs> out. I just be to be or not to be. Basically. What, that was that you not talking in the in the documentary of, on Richmond. What happened out there? Were you not? You no. were not in that one. Mm-mm. Oh, okay, I'm tripping then. I w- no, I w- I wasn't out there because I was seven five seven. You out here lying on me? Damn. I don't eat. The fabulous five. I'm talking about the yeah. wild bunch. No, I just um directed the documentary. I directed it. Uh, I did the. What did I do? Directed co-produced with D'Amico Cooper who had a lot of the footage like the just the documentary was from the perspective of the citizen journalist and I know I was following from Richmond you talking about Excuse that George me, Floyd protest one yeah okay. I was sorry I was following from Norfolk what was going on in Richmond and um Mainly seeing what was going on with RVA Mag and um D'Amico Cooper that's D'Amico Phillips right Phillips, sorry, I need to start. It, no, are, am, I, I, am I wrong or because I know him as Amico Phillips? Like he does, he shoots music videos. It's and stuff. Phillips, I'm thinking about. Okay. I've interviewed two people named Amico. I'm sorry. Okay, just making sure what we're is, talking about the no, same person. No, it's the same person. Yeah. No, thank you for correcting me because okay. I get yeah. both of them. I get them mixed up. I'm sorry, D'Amico. You're awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. yeah, he is very cool, dude. Yeah, I know him just from um, doing music videos out here for like some years. I didn't know he did. Um, music so you don't even know he does too. those. No, not the. I didn't know he did. You talking about seven five seven? Are you just talking about in general in, in, in this area? Seven five seven. He did a lot of people, uh, music videos, right? He lives in Richmond. Like Richmond area. Hold on. Yeah. Oh wait a minute. I need. Well, so you didn't me. know he does music videos at all? I know he does music okay. videos. I just knew he was based out of Richmond, but he. It might be only things. Richmond. I've seen him but just following on Instagram and stuff. And he also does all the. Like, I've seen the videos like where he's like throwing his camera around. Have you seen those? Those mm-hmm. are pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, I I really enjoyed working with him because I was I remember when I was following stuff, and I was telling of I was sharing a lot of my, a lot of his videos with another friend of mine. So I thought it was kind of serendipitous that we ended up making the documentary and using his footage, and he was a co-producer as well. So seeing his footage, you were in Norfolk seeing this. That's kind of what inspired you to want to go out there just by seeing his footage. Um, well. I was still I was still healing from a surgery, so I couldn't really I couldn't go out there. But mm, I still yeah. I I knew I wanted to be a part of it. So it was good that even though I couldn't document everything, I could still be a part of putting those pieces together to tell so, that story. Okay, so he shot the whole thing then. So you never you weren't able to even get out there. Um, he shot a lot of the. Um, Things are going on, just the action, just being out there. And it was also from the perspective of some of the VPM staff. They were recording videos, and it was... You said a VPM? Yeah, that's what What's that? Um, um, Virginia's home for public media. I freelance with them. Okay. It's the Richmond affiliate of PBS. And with RVA Mag's <sighs> involvement, um, they had this group called the Wild Bunch. 
So also in that documentary was, remember everyone, we have Puma Smith, we have um, Keisha Eugene, there was uh, Lydia, we have Destiny, I don't remember his last name. Um, I know I'm missing two people. D'Amico, of course, and Randall Blythe, and uh, Landon Schroeder, and I'm missing one more person's name, and it starts with an I. This is the Wild Bunch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, and they were mainly taking a lot of photography. So it was just a mix of getting um, all those perspectives of people that were on the ground because there was a other narrative being shown on the news that the protesters were just out there just to be out there and it wasn't really showing the peaceful parts of the protesting. Um, so, I saw one part, yeah. and I think it was in Act Two, or cause is is the whole thing on your Vimeo? The mm-hmm. Act One, Act Two—that's that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also on PBS. Uh, yeah. Too. Got a, I was know, also going to ask you why do you use Vimeo? We can get to that too, but oh. I know it was one part in the <laughs> Act Two. It was like um, I think they were trying to say the protesters had like started it by throwing a water bottle and but it was oh. a lie they had to go back and retract it cuz because of independent journalists yeah, because of it people, was just yeah. really yeah it was showing the importance of people having those independent journalists having those citizen journalists because they were able to protect their narrative as well so mm. okay yeah. and you and you guys won an emmy for this thing right we were nominated for emmy oh cuz you were nominated yes how, how was that that's that's crazy too even just that but yeah it was very uh it was very, I don't know, it was it was exciting, and it was important with <laughs> that one that it be, you know, nominated, so I was, I was very excited. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of one of your most, more recent projects, maybe we can back up a little bit. Um, okay. You want to just tell us a little bit about, just coming up a little bit, childhood life, and how you oh. even got into doing documentaries, like? Oh, like childhood life. Um... I don't know what do you want to know. Like, just well, where were you born? I guess first of all, born and raised at fighting the urge to do the Fresh Prince theme song. What do you mean? <laughs> and you're like born and raised on the playground. I was like, no, don't do it. No. Oh, we. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> you are? Are you from Norfolk? <laughs> I'm sorry. The theme song is in my head. Hey, Everything. Go is, ahead. Put, right. Yeah. Go ahead. Put on the mic. You nah, can say it. Uh, we love Will. <laughs> Um, okay, all right. So I grew up in Goochland. Go where, ahead. Where is that at? Goochland? Yes, it's a real place. Okay, <laughs> where's Goochland? See, I feel away. <laughs> is um, it somewhere down south? My bad. That was uh, just too easy. It was, I know. <laughs> I don't, I haven't been able to fill up both hands yet of the people that know where is Goochland or what. A Goochland is. However, if you ever watched the Cleveland show, there's a whole episode dedicated to Goochland. So there. Okay. Um, the writer of Family Guy knows about Goochland. Yeah. So I guess what state is it in? <laughs> it is in this state. Is it Virginia? Okay. This is where well, we drove from. Oh, y'all live. You live in Goochland now. Yes. <laughs> this is the current. Okay. <laughs> you live in Goochland too. He said, hell no, I don't live in Goochland. <laughs> okay, so you still live in the place you were born in. 
First of all, sir, I don't know why you pretend that you don't like Goochland. We have low plaques in the back, too, just by the way. Trying to act like he don't like Goochland. He be out there with the horses and stuff. Like, ooh, Dexter. Like, don't play. Anyway, pardon me. Back to my professional voice. Okay. <laughs> Coming up in Goochland. What yes. was life like? like? Uh, it was, it was quiet. Um, I think I probably saw cows every day. Uh, cows were across the school. At one point, my neighbor had cows. It was very embarrassing because they got loose <laughs> in my yard. <laughs> one of my friends was taking me home. So I was embarrassed and you driving home and there's just like random cows in your yard. Like, what y'all got going on in this neighborhood? So, yeah, that's that's Goochland. We got excited when the um, when the subway and the food line and the Hardee's came. We're like, yes, fast food. So yeah, that was Goochland. Mm. It was quiet. And, and is it, it like cool. like more like city now? Because you say you still live there. It's still rural. I know, like in areas like Smithfield and kind of more rural areas around here. Like over the last yeah 10, 20 years, they add a bunch of stuff: shopping centers, fucking apartment complexes, like. Not not in Gooseland. Yo, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so okay, like so no. country like country <laughs> life. I guess yeah, when did you what was your mm. like when did you get interested in journalism? When did you pick a thing when did you pick a damn camera up? Oh man. Um college. But I'll I'll rewind to about the time I was I had been like fifteen. And my mom, she came home with a look in her face like, I'm done. And I uh, associated her face with, she was going somewhere every day she didn't like, and she had to dress up. Okay. So um, just the nine to five. I didn't realize at the time I was developing an aversion <laughs> to the nine to five um, and having to wear a suit every day. So I remember going to my room and like praying that whatever I did, all I have to do is wear jeans and a t-shirt. Because mm. that was like happiness. That's what I saw as happy. So, um, and I knew I wanted to do something creative. So I went to VCU and... What did, what did your mom do? Oh, she was... Oh, what did she do? I know she had a part-time job. She was always, she had maybe two to three jobs at a time. You know, she had her business where she did taxes. I knew at one point she was working at 7-Eleven. And then she also uh, worked at Baskerville and Sons for the longest time um, as an executive assistant. So she always, it was just her, so. But I just could, yeah. She just came home one day. It was just, you could just see it all over her face, like, nah. And you're like, I don't want to have that face. No, basically, I don't want to have that face. You wearing a black suit, I don't like it. So if I got to wear a suit, I don't want to do it. So that was the start, I guess. Just wanting to be comfortable <laughs> when I worked. So, um, But yeah, going to VCU, and I was, I wanted to do graphic design, but I did not get into graphic design. And at the time I was there, if you didn't get into the discipline you wanted you ended up in sculpture I'm not a sculptor so I struggled for like a good year and a half but I've they, how, how do they throw kids in a sculpture like that's probably the thing you like 
like oh, least man. likely to find a job for? Well, <laughs> right. I don't want to say that because you know, I mean, who is sculpting? Like, when have you seen, seen somebody sculpting something? We were just looking at a sculpture today. My bad. We were just looking at the sculptures out there, like you fucking asshole. We were looking at the sculpture at uh, that was in Dakar, Senegal, because I don't know if I should say this, but um, because there's a sculpture on Brown Item, excuse me, on Brown's Island. It's called, you know, I think it's called Emancipation, dude. Oh, you know, it has that type of, <laughs> it has that type of energy, you know, yeah. and it's like. Like, I understand, but it's like, and I was like, see, they need to put a statue like the one that's in Dakar, Senegal. That's, I think it's called the Renaissance, African Renaissance. And it was a picture of a black family, the man holding the baby, his wife is behind him, and they're emerging from a volcano. Just like, oh, like, <clears throat> yes. So I was just like, we need something like that versus, you know, <laughs> all the time. Mm. So, yeah. They'll probably get me in trouble, but that's how I feel. It's tiring. Okay, (laughs) so you get thrown into sculpting class because you didn't get into graphic design. Mm -hmm. So um, I found a, they had these like short courses where you could try out for like six weeks. So I did a video tech course and I was like, ooh, it stuck. What did you learn in that class? Well, just the basics of editing. So this is when they had the VHS decks, the Betamax deck. Um, I don't even know what that is. Uh. You're editing on physical hardware? Yeah, they're like uh, big like VCRs. I mean, you have a, the master and then the record, and you have to do the five-second pre-roll, and you got to toggle, let it, and then in, then out, and then you have to maneuver how you press record to make sure it hits in the right place on that. Mm. Yeah, so that's how I was learning how to edit. So this is, you're actually like doing cuts and transitions and mm-hmm. adding yeah. text and shit like all through that? Yeah, so okay. they, they were teaching the teaching that and at the same time um, like NLEs were coming in, like, you know, Premiere and all of that. Not, yeah, not, yeah, no, not Premiere. Yes, they had Final Cut and Premiere and then you have, you know, iMovie and stuff like that. So I kind of came into it when that was starting to take off. And I remember um, at the time, PBS, they were transitioning from the tape decks. To this new software. To, so it was just like, ooh. So, um, so um, oh yeah, so my teacher at, uh, at VCU, he liked my work and told me that PBS was hiring. And I was like, all right. So. And what was that initial job? Um, I was a production technician. Uh, so, <clears throat> let me get some water. So, um, basically, um, wrangled cable, help set up. You know, you do the, the dirty work, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's how I started, wrangling cable. It's like the, the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, you got to pay your dues. It wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to, like, nah. Wrangling so, you get this cable. job at PBS after you graduate. And what, what year was that? Well, you know all that. Oh, you, you, you ain't got to tell us. Why are you being nosy? I'm just trying to say, because you still work for PBS now, right? Yes, so like, you've been with them for a long time. Yeah. I. When did I graduate? <laughs> <laughs> when was it? <sighs> you gave us kind of a hint. You it were like, like a premiere just started getting started. Like, premiere oh, yeah. I just playing. iMovie. 
I mean, I didn't think about that honestly because you know. They, I mean, Da Vinci Resolve just started. I'm younger. Uh, it's a. Uh, um, or how long have you been working with PBS? Can we ask that question? 2004. I'm just, I'm just okay. messing around. <laughs> it's been a long time. So, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't, like, I I didn't think about that because you know, they like, had made max tapes and two decks. <laughs> decks. You know how they say with music, how they used to use like physical compressors and EQs and shit. I didn't think about like editing. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck did they edit? All them old, like, Titanic, all them old, like, great movies, they were doing all that shit, like, physically, like... They were, some were doing film, and then using the tapes. Mm, So, like, you think about film, like, you know, it's like they're having to unreal and look at it, cut it, and then, like, tape it together, so... That's crazy. Maybe, that's even, we kind of even go into that, just the, the accessibility and the, and how easy it is to create stuff nowadays. You know, I feel like that's a beautiful thing. Like, anybody can create stuff now. Anybody can tell a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. Okay, so okay, so you, you get the job at PBS. Mm-hmm. And was that, like, a salary position? Because I think you, you, like, freelance now, right? Yeah, freelance now. Um, that was, it was part-time. So we were on call. Yeah. How many of the students in your class or, like, that you were going to school with actually, like, got jobs, like, right away like you? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay, so so you're at this. You're at. You're newly at this PBS job. Mm-hmm. How's how's it going for you from there? Oh, I mean, I'm pretty good. Um, yeah. Think I. I forgot. I feel like I need some more detail. Like, like, what exactly do you mean? What was your first job with them? What was my first job with them? Or first like piece. Was my first piece. If you remember. So long ago. It was a long time. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, ancient one. What was it like to edit? Uh, man, when was it? You're editing with, with rocks and sticks. <laughs> Basically, I'm chiseling stories. Chiseling stories out of stone. Um... Oh, I think my first piece was on, his name was Raymond Cherry, and he was in the Negro League. And um, another uh, person, Pixie Curry, she had told me about the story. So she was a, she was a good mentor during that time because she, she told me kind of how to move up the ladder there, you know, like make sure you're, don't ever look like you're not busy. I always ask, you know, for help. And, uh, you know... Always make sure you're communicating with the producers and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I appreciate her. She was a really good mentor. Um, and my teacher, Mason Mills, good mentor. And Paul Roberts, like, I, I learned a lot from them. Yeah. But, um, like, I don't know if that was your question, but, yeah. That you said Richard what? That oh, Raymond piece? Sherry. Raymond Sherry? Yeah, he was in the Negro League. That was, like, my first, uh, my first piece. Yeah. What was the most challenging piece you think for you to do, and what was the one you got the most enjoyment out of? Like, what was the most fun one? Challenging. Mm. Hmm. Man, there's a lot. <laughs> um. Maybe the fun one. 
Okay, I think probably the most challenging one. I guess it's a tie between um, doing the documentary because just didn't want to let didn't want to let anybody down, um, and then just these you know citizen journalists they're trusting me with their footage and mm-hmm. uh, and trusting me to make sure I tell their story accurately and not you know putting my opinion or anything on it so I think that was probably the most probably the most challenging one the most fun hmm. and also what was the actual name of that documentary because I don't know if I'm just remembering wrong but is it on Vimeo does it just say act one and act two does it even say the title oh, no. on there uh, it's uh the full documentary is called Why This Moment and you can the you can find the full one on on PBS. Why this moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just had the those two scenes on there. <clears throat> those two scenes on the Vimeo. So that's not the whole thing then? Mm-mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was the most challenging one. Mm-hmm. You're using like, yeah, that must be kinda <clears throat> like you're using other people's footage, like you say you wanna do right by them too. So it's not like you're mm-hmm. You don't want to let people down. Um, yeah, what was the f- most fun one? <laughs> Probably the one I did on uh, Queen City. I think what's it called? Magic and Mischief. It's basically this town in Stanton, and they turn the town into like uh, Hogwarts. I saw that one. So that's probably the yeah. one that I had the most <laughs> most fun yeah. with, people. and it was nice just being able to take a break from doing stuff that was so serious. Yeah. Are you in a Harry Potter? I enjoy watching them. Uh, I, don't, I know I'm probably not as diehard as people who like know the whole canon, but I, I enjoy watching them. That one dude, because uh, everybody else pretty much like kind of look like you know regular costumes on, but that one guy, what's his name, with the gray, he looks kind of like an alien. Oh, that oh. was really good costume. Like his costume was really well done. You can't say his name. Starts with a V though. With a what? I'm not supposed to say his with name. With a V. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So like, if you're a Harry <laughs> Potter fan out there, the guy that. He was like the it bad guy. He, he doesn't look human. He looks kind of like. But in the in the piece that you did, uh, whoever did his costume was like really well done. Well, he was like the actual guy from the fucking movie. Yeah, it kind of creeped me out. Yeah. There was one dude that was a Dementor. That one kind of creeped me out a little bit too. He was a what? The Dementor. Do I have it right? Thank you. First, We're like I was two getting not mixed up with like, Harry Potter people, fans talking about yeah, Harry Potter. Dementor, yeah, at first I was getting. It, what was the main character's name? It was like some Potter. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Okay, well, I was asking you too. Also, why Vimeo? Let's see. I like I saw was watching a bunch of your stuff on on Vimeo. Oh, Are you on YouTube too? Like, what, yeah, why, why there? Because I'm I'm just not good at promoting myself. <laughs> yeah, that's the only, there's no good reason. I probably should be on YouTube. I'm just like, mm. yeah. <laughs> It's cool yeah. though. It's like a different, different place. It gives you a different vibe. Like when I was going, when I was there searching through your like profile, like and watching your vi- videos, I felt like a, I felt like I was in a different vibe than searching on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm just accustomed to the layout of YouTube or whatever. But was it a positive user experience, or would you prefer to just be on YouTube? Mm. Um, I would say. I would say it was positive. Um, I think, yeah, it's like that's that's interesting. So like in kind of into today's times 
we're so used to getting our shit from these these platforms that exist right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like back in the day it wasn't really like that. Like you have like it was like yeah. like part of it, like the fun part was going to search for something. So even if I'm having to go search on Vimeo, this other website that I'm not normally on, it feels mm-hmm. like kinda it brings me back to that, like of having to just leave your house or having to go out of your way <laughs> to like find something cool. And then like kinda like when you find this. So like, did oh. you feel like it was out of your way to go to my Vimeo? Nah, but it, you know, my fingers automatically go to YouTube when I go to like, YOU. And it's like, you feel me? Like, but no, also it was, um, uh. but you know, you get what I'm saying though? Just the, the yeah. act of like discovering something. Like it was. I like that better. Yeah. You were discovering versus. I'm not hating on your Vimeo. I'm like, is it Vimeo? Know. Is it Vimeo? I think it's Vimeo. I yeah. don't even know. But I knew what you meant though. But um, uh, I think, I think that does play a part in also why I'm just on Vimeo because when I was coming up, like, social media wasn't that on and popping, as the young folks say. If you still say it, I don't know. Um, so, I just... <laughs> so, yo, you are hilarious, yo. Oh, sorry. I'm nervous. This is don't the awkwardness. Don't be nervous, you good. Um, so, so... We just... Oh, I gotta go We just a couple Harry Potter fans in here. Talking shit. <laughs> Lord. The light. Keep going. I, 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 that's part of my job I didn't do. Oh. Mm. So you must be, are you like the director? Like. Okay. What? Did, please give me your name, sir. Uh, Kieran. Kieran. That's Kieran. Andrew kept calling him Kay. We were weak. He's like, thanks, Kay. I'm like, what's up, Kay? Okay. Let's see. Can we go back to what you asked? Because. So, like, do you, do you like, edit? Or you just... This podcast? True it out there. Just... So this will be straight through. Oh, no. This will be straight through. They're going to get the full meta experience. <laughs> all, all the awkwardness. All the... All the awkward. Random musicals. All we the went random into. singing. You're, you're all singing. the voices. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on YouTube, so it's not out of your way. Wait, wait. You know what? We're going to drop this on Vimeo. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But yeah, so you're doing all these pieces. You're <laughs> dropping them on Vimeo. Um, what I was going to ask you too, so I guess when did you... So all the stuff you're doing for PBS, right? Are you like... Are these your ideas that you're like wanting to do? Are they telling you kind of what pieces to do? Like, do you have ownership of these pieces in any way? Like, was how does that all work? Uh, for... Well, I was with this show called Virginia Currents for I think seven years. So with that, we were responsible for finding our own stories. So, so for the most part, yeah, I've been able to pick what I want to do, yeah. yeah. But with the documentaries, it, it's been um, a producer. One of the senior producers would be like, "Hey, this is what we like to do," and then I'm like, "Okay, cool." So yeah. Is somebody going back to like edit your stuff or like I, proof edit it? Or like to like look oh. over it and to like give the okay on, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, um, it goes through a chain, but it isn't too crazy. Uh, my my uh, my boss, my manager, the executive producer, um, he'll watch it first and just it'll go through rounds of that before we send it up top. Yeah. And then, um, do you have any royalties or? Oh. When these things come out, when they if they air on TV, it belongs and, to them. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this is their their stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? Um, I mean, I'm. I'm or have you thought thought much about that? I don't think I've thought that much about it. Um. I mean, I can still use them to promote myself within reason and things like that. But um, I don't, I don't think I've ever really thought about it. I guess because I just saw it as like working for a, a television station, so I just pretty much was like assumed, you know, it was theirs. Um, I think it was something like I wholly presented to them, then it'd be probably a little bit different. But it's more so I'm, I'm functioning as like a, a freelance, but kind of functioning as an employee working to create for them. So if that answers the question. It does. It does. Okay. Um, okay. So you're at PBS. How would you, um, and the other one's called Virginia Current, you said? Yeah, that was a show that was under, that was part of VPM's um, lineup. But they, we had our last show, I want to say in 2020. But at the time, it was the longest-running public program in Virginia. So that was through VPM. What are some other ways? Like, do you give freelance gigs, like, outside of these companies that you work for now? Mm-hmm. How do you go about kind of, like, finding these other gigs? As you, like you pointed out with me, just having a Vimeo, and I don't even have, like, a website. I really don't promote myself, so I'm just not good at it. And I think, part, and also part of it is... um which we're touching on before, where I was kind of coming into like this new advancement in communication and technology, if you will. So I was building my career, building my career without needing those things. So I think I just haven't broken the habit to be like, all right, you do need to maybe have a website. Mm. You've been kind of moving off like word of mouth, it seems like. Yeah, I'm very grateful. It's been very much word of mouth because if I didn't, I, I'm honestly surprised that I have work. <laughs> I, really, yeah. I don't. So since you graduated, <laughs> this has been your like, this is how you make your money. You haven't really had any other jobs. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to me. I always talk about that. Like, um, Why so? Just because people talk about like success and having this crazy amount of money and fame. But it's like that. I think what we like a lot of us artists miss is that first level of real success is when you could just live off your art. If you could just make mm-hmm. even whatever, three, four grand a month, what you would make at a fucking nine to five, you can do that by doing whatever you do. Mm-hmm. That's that's like that first level, I think, of success. And for a lot of people, that you can be content with that. You can make a living. You can feed your family. You can create. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's not realistic that everybody's going to be a huge star and yeah. make billions of dollars and whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, I think if you can create in any capacity and be able to just do that full time, that's just that's just cool. Yeah, I, I'm i most grateful that I can say, like, for 80% of the time, I'm where I want to be. It's, like, very rare I'm doing something that I don't want to do. So, and I think that's probably one of the biggest stressors, being forced to give your prime operating hours to someone else mm-hmm. to, yeah. to make them comfortable, make them rich. Um, so, I'm... I can say I'm grateful to my mom because the way she just talked about entrepreneurialism, I think I said it right. She said, girl, you do not want to clock in. I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) Her face said it. Yeah. So she just talked about it like it wasn't, that wasn't a choice. So 
I and I had a full time job like while I was still doing part time uh, at PBS, and I had a full time job uh, at a hotel, and that was like my first time experiencing like oh this is what it's like to not want to get up you just wake up just automatically grumpy and and just dreading the day I was like nah <laughs> give us us free you touching on being um. You touched on being nervous on, on camera and shit. How do you like, because a lot of your documentary portions are interview portions. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, it might be a lot of times you might have people that are on camera that have maybe haven't been on camera. Have you experienced that? What do you tell these people that are like, you're behind the camera, so you're kind of, you're in your safe zone, you're recording. Mm-hmm. But like, how are you getting these people that are on camera? Like, how are you getting them comfortable? Are you having to experience that? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Like, when I'm able to, I will do a pre-interview so they can get a feel for me and who I am. But I guess how I'm with you, because I'm I'm very much an introvert, and doing interviews, I have a small bit of dread because it is that whole, like, I'm talking to a stranger, mm, you know? You just haven't <laughs> asked them the question, even yeah. though you're off camera. Just, it's just like, you know, I'm, just, I'm still like, mm. so um, I think they pick up maybe a little bit on that. On your awkwardness? Yeah. Like, I really feel like my awkwardness is my superpower. So You know what it is, though? Because awkwardness is real close to authenticity. But it is authentic. Awkwardness is authentic. So mm. so it inspires authenticity, I think, in others, too. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like sometimes if somebody's talking to you, like, if somebody's talking to you, like, in some way where you feel like they're not being themselves, it might kind of, you might not be yourself back mm-hmm. with them where you might feel uncomfortable but i think the more authentic somebody is with you like you feel like you could be more authentic and the awkward is just like the <laughs> purest form of that like you can't even help it you're just like uh like you're being your your total awkward self like so i don't know it probably is a superpower like you're I saying like that. thank you stay awkward we have a artist out here from <laughs> uh, awkward, i want to say for yes. Hampton, her name is awkward jazz that's like her rap name oh. she's pretty awkward we did two interviews together like in like over like two years the second one was a lot less awkward, but it was just—it was still awkward though. I was like, "I see how you get your name." Um, okay, so um, so I was actually okay. So on storytelling, so you sit down, like, what? How do you kind of start your process and and even starting a, a piece, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What's your kind of process with that? Um, hmm. You talking about workflow or just how I? Like if you're, How you're, I divine the narrative. Well, I think both. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, I have an idea of what I want to ask. Yeah, like, yeah, like <laughs> pre-shoot, you know, before you start shooting, what are you... Because I'm also, oh. I'm, I'm listening, I'm like listening oh. because we're, we're thinking about doing a documentary too. So like, I'm like a sponge right now, everything you're saying. I was going to ask you if you lived in a pineapple or in the sea because you said you're a sponge. I'm sorry. Um, I like SpongeBob. <laughs> I came up on that. Have you seen the latest movie? The SpongeBob movie? That was yeah. No, nah, I, I got to see it. Is it was like what, how recent is it? It's delightful. I think it came out. It was either 2020 or 2021. I gotta tap in. I haven't seen it. Um, I did. I did see a meme much longer. It was like, growing up as a kid, you you think that Squidward is the annoying neighbor. Then when you grow up, you realize that SpongeBob is the annoying neighbor. Yeah, he was doing too much. Like, Squidward is a 
introvert. We don't like pop-ups. We don't like unnecessary noise. Why are you extra right now? Like, sit down, sir. So you say you would say Dehydrate. if you're a SpongeBob character, you're a Squidward. Oh, I'm a I'm a Squidward, I believe. I'm you know not as cranky. Just you know, I think I'm an awkward Squidward. You know, that's how I would describe myself. Yeah. Low play is kind of awkward too, though. So that's why y'all are a good fit. <laughs> but. Mm. But yeah, so you were telling us awkward? about the was he being awkward? What today? Or like on his episode? No. Nah, me and him me have me and him have a pretty good I, I would say communication, but you got you could tell he's he's kind of an awkward guy. You might think he's awkward if you don't know him, like you know what I mean? But some people might say I'm awkward, so I don't know. <laughs> he alright. When I first he he gave me emo vibes at first. I, you kind of do. I feel you were emo in high school. I could see you had a little spiked hair. He had the spike. <laughs> he had the chains on his wrist and on his pants. <laughs> Did he have chains on his pants? I, I mean, I haven't known him that long. Oh, okay, my bad. My bad. You, you, bro, you got off on that one. <laughs> I'm going to go back on his Facebook to like 2009. <laughs> he got that. Too. Oh, damn. You got to see a whole different person, bro. But oh, yeah, no. so oh, he was wow. giving you emo vibes, but we can get back to the... Uh, oh, sorry. All right, what was your... All right, we were, doc, talking, we were talking report. about... No, you, you can go. You can oh, my you know, We want to hear about that. You, he was giving you emo vibes? Keep, keep going on This that. ain't about him. Okay. <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> what are you, sewing in the wind? What is this? All right. He said, just tell him. He, ha- he wants me to know. Oh, I'm trying to think about how to on oh, my process. Um, I'll just talk about when I yeah. You do the research. You get your questions together. I will do a pre-interview when I can, so that the uh, my subject will will have a feel for who I am, um, my energy, and just helps them feel comfortable. So by the time I get there, they they don't feel as uncomfortable. Um, I have learned to well. What, work, what works for me is kind of memorizing what I'm going to ask them because um, I didn't notice if I'm on a notepad or if I'm using my phone, they would start to feel uncomfortable. Like, like if you're like reading the question off? Yeah, they would feel like I'm not listening. So making sure it feels like it's a conversation, I've noticed that that will, you know, put people at ease. Um, and if I do notice someone's nervous, you know, I don't, I'll, you know, I'll stop the camera. I was like, do you need a break? You know, um, but then after I do the interview, um, prep my project, uh, get all my video and audio synced and things of that nature. Um, transcripts, transcripts, transcripts save you so much time. What do you mean by transcripts? Um, I will, once I get my interviews together, I will export an MP3 into this. I use this program called Otter. And it will transcribe everybody's, what everyone's saying. So um, I'll highlight what I think is important. And then I'll do a paper edit with that time, with the time, with the original time code. And then I will put those sound bites into the order that I think will work with the edit. Put all those things on timeline. List, uh, listen. I'll give myself a day to just 
be away from the piece. That way, when I come back, I'm have a better. Mm. I like, oh, okay, this goes here, here, and here. So I guess that's my my process, really. Wait, so you mean transcript? Is this captions on the video, or is this a separate like just? Oh, sorry. Um, You know what I mean? Well, what what it is is I guess it's like it doesn't create captions on the video it'll like, like a separate file just the whole transcript of everything that's being said mm-hmm. and what is the purpose of that to be able to look so, at where stuff's being said and go to it quicker or yeah basically mm-hmm. so if you if there's a sound by someone said that you really remember you get it transcribed and you take your notes once it's transcribed you can like type in like those keywords oh, and then it will part of the video yeah oh okay. yeah it helped it helps out a lot um because I'll sometimes I'll, I'll uh, print them all out and just kind of highlight and put things in order. So transcripts are important. When you like, so I guess you, you okay, you, so you, you pick your topic, what are you going to like do it on? And then there's like a main question, like, or is there like a, you, you said you pick the questions, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of thinking like, how do you, I guess for me, <clears throat> It's like, how do you, okay, you have the question, but it's like, from what angle do you want to attack that question? Mm-hmm. And like, how do you want the story to flow? And for me also, because like, because right mm-hmm. now, kind of my, my experience in telling stories is with the skits. I don't know if you've seen our skits. They're yes, like one they, minute. Oh, I'm glad you brought those up. Okay. Because I, they're funny. And I like how it's like this, the way you have like the voiceover, like, like, I, I don't know how to articulate what I'm trying to say but I like this it feels intimate I like the <laughs> we want to feel intimate the way you shoot it is very intimate and I do like that um but I liked how you would have like the, it's like you were doing like a voiceover instead of just seeing them actually talk and it just adds this like makes you use your imagination yes and it and it gives like this really awkward type of humor that I like I feel like that's your intention. It is. <laughs> so yeah. So I was just like, okay, like I really liked that those stylistic choices yeah. that you were taking with those. I appreciate that. Like for me, that's kind of like okay. So we want to do. We eventually want to do like five minute, ten minute, longer storytelling. Like so, this this is my first kind of just introduction to storytelling, which is these like one minute things. But even now, I'm kind of like mm-hmm. just learning the different keys to telling the story. And for me, a lot of times, it's like it'd be the ending. It's like it's like okay, mm. this is what's happening, but how does it end? Or it's like how does the story flow? Because a lot of times we might have a story in a skit, but then it it feels totally different depending on what order you put stuff in. Or like That's true. you know what I mean? So yeah. how do you how do you kind of go with like look at the the flow of the documentary? For me, like when I do a skit, I'll watch it a bunch of times. I'll watch it literally mm-hmm. like 30 times back to back. And then through that, because <clears throat> it's almost like how you want it to feel. It's like a song. For me, like mm-hmm. editing a video is like it's because I make music too, so it kind of does feel the same to me. Like the way a video flows, or like a documentary mm-hmm. or a movie, it's like a song in a way where there's like pockets, and it can feel off. It can feel like offbeat, so yeah. you might have to like, I don't know, you know what I mean? No, I feel you because um, I so say like in the transcript, someone it looks good on the transcripts, but the way the person says it may not flow. So, like you're saying, because I'll, I'll like to listen to, like, the cadence of a person's voice, because that'll also, also help me sometimes with the flow of an edit. So, it's, you feel it. You can tell when you're engaged, when you just kind of, like, fall off. You can tell if you've, like, rushed the soundbite, or you can tell if maybe you need to do, like, a let a, let a 
let a sound bite breathe and maybe have some gnat sound of birds or something. Mm. Are or, you putting the music in first or like after the the voices? I learned how to edit dry. Like for no years, I was not allowed to use music. So I had to really rely on a person's... That's weird. A, like I, had to, I was relying on just like the... Guess how the person was, just their flow, their vibe, their essence. That is what I was going off with, uh, with those edits. So a lot of listening to a person's cadence would dictate how I was editing and the flow and stuff. Do you still edit dry? Because like me, even back to this, I I put the music first. I. I actually put the I do the music I start with the music then I put the video I do edit the video to the music <clears throat> and then I put the voices on last. Mm. But I think, okay, so you aren't using. Oh, excuse me. I'm Pod- not using audio from the actual video clips. So you're yeah, yeah okay so yeah, yeah it's a little, yeah it's a little bit different so um I think with. Oh, with a hmm, how do I answer this? Because I, I've also, because I'm doing more things for VPM's digital platform, so I'm used to making things that are like maybe ten to twenty, maybe an hour and a half, and then I had to learn how to, you know, like just shrink it. And I noticed with those edits, I'll get my sound bites, but I will listen to the music first, and then I'll do like B-roll and stuff like that. I feel like for those shorter things, I have to hear music sooner versus with the longer things. It's like stuff probably like, like it's a different flow if it's longer. My flow differently. Yeah, yeah. And then it's very much more so like, um, you you got to, how do I say this? I feel like it was just, very much narrative first, get it, get it through the words first, and then the music is more to complement. You know, I don't feel like it was necessarily meant to like drive the piece, but just kind of like give you something to kind of help. Like, oh, you know, um, I don't know. Like, I feel like more of the social media videos, it's like more music centered first, and then maybe words. I, I mean that. That's how it seems. That's what how it feels to me. But I guess for someone who you talking about just like the viral content that goes like or which which type of content are you talking about? Um, hmm. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm still figuring out. Like, well, I guess like I've just I've noticed I do see more things or like when I have contracted like freelance editors, maybe younger ones, and I have um wanted them to use a soundbite. They weren't accustomed to using soundbites, but they definitely used music first, and then it was easier. So I don't know mm. if it's more so just like with social media, having that perfect song is more important. It's a, it's a, or is it honestly, just it's like, like the a, Wild Wild West. You mm. don't really know. A lot of, like a lot of things, I'll, okay, all the greatest things that go viral, it, they're spontaneous. They're out of mm. the blue. The best things are unique. They bring something new to the table. Then follow behind that is a lot of people just copying that trend. So then you'll see a lot of those mm-hmm. things go viral for like the next couple of months. They're just the, the copies of that, the mm-hmm. version twos and version hundreds of that. Then it, but 
then something else comes along and it might be something I, I can't really say it's like necessarily like what's driving it it might be random it might be something funny it might be the I notice comedy and drama <laughs> is the top two you know what I mean um I don't know but you know now in today's climate too like trending sounds are a thing mm-hmm. people make their own videos like that's kind of uh like one of our goals too with the skits is to make the sounds really good too to, to where you want to make your own video to it mm. you know what i mean they're like i feel like a lot of our skits are like they have that element to where you can recreate it and it could be like a trend you can cr- recreate your own video to that like sound or whatever um you touching on you hiring young young contractors for for pbs what do you hire them for like like if I can I get a job? Like, <laughs> type do, shit. You, do you know how to edit the sound? Like, if I was like, here, find the story. So I edit all of our stuff. Like, could you do long, like long form, like documentary? We're, we're, we've been thinking about it. We're talking about it. I can do, what there's do a lot of stuff do? that I haven't done, you know? Mm-hmm. We're doing new things constantly. Um, and I'm like, like developing my skill as we go. Um, but yeah, we want to do a the documentary on this area, but we're trying to figure out the right way to do it. Cause like we're like when we were walking out, when I was telling you, like I feel like you do like the professional version. Cause he was like, "Yo, you pretty much do journalism." I I get it. I do journalism. No, you do. I, I'm a journalist, yeah. but I was I was telling you like I feel like I'm a stoner journalist. You know what I mean? And you're like a professional journalist, I, and it's I, like uh, so even like I I get I get it. You how know, is we, that not professional? Like. I feel like you're professional. I'm being silly. I'm being silly. I get it. I, I, Don't talk in my mind, yourself. In my mind, I take this very serious. You know, like okay. I try to do my best and all that, and I take it serious. But um, I like to have fun with it, and I think that's part of like what resonates to people. It's just a different demographic. Like we kind of think we might have different demographics. You know what I mean? So like to um, like mm-hmm. I think to connect to the demographic that we're trying to connect to, um, it's kind of easier just to have fun with it. And that's just how I just me as that's not my my personality. I joke around a lot. I'm sarcastic. Like. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am, um, but yeah. We're so I think documentary when we do it, if we do it, we're trying to kind of. I want to do documentary, but like bring some new flavor to documentaries as far as oh, how yeah, it flows, yeah, yeah. how it's edited. Like to me, like right now, the best documentary I've seen as far as how it's put together mm-hmm. is Kanye's documentary. Have oh, you seen yeah, that? that? Yeah, like that's like being innovative in the mm-hmm. actual just the edits of it and just like going crazy with it. So we're trying to figure out a, a different way to. Just do a fun documentary. That's very like, um, like um, I don't know, I don't know, but I haven't figured it out yet. But I can like we're I'm always down for a challenge. I'm like I want to try new things. And you, you're asking if I could do hour and a half long stuff, um, but yeah. No, I like the aesthetic that you have. It's very consistent. Like you can, like you said, you feel like you're a stoner journalist. Like, I mean, yes. However, I like that you have your character. You have. Very professional setup here, you know? You talking about my character as far as my character or like my character, Larry? Yeah, Larry. <laughs> yeah. Are you talk- is that the character it's you're like, talking about? It's like you... Is I that f- the character you're talking about, though? Yeah, oh, it's like you... Con- it's like, like my you- character, character. Never mind. It's like... Th- Shout out to Larry, man. In, in both ways. Because it's kind of like he's like this comedic presence in a way. And you almost function like, you know, the straight man. Hmm. So that's so it's an interesting relationship. I would say he's a straight man. Really? Because he doesn't he doesn't laugh. I can't, I've been trying to make him laugh since I met him. He just but never fucking laughs. That's the funny thing because it's some to me. All right, you definitely have the dynamic of you know. Wait, are we talking about Karen or Larry? <laughs> Who's Karen then? Oh, my bad. He, Go ahead. I'm cutting you off too much. He said he's the producer. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I like this 
relationship you have with this character that doesn't speak, you know, but you definitely feel his presence in the way that you have your dialogues with him. So that part, I feel like you have a very consistent style in flow to everything. And man, what was that documentary? I'm trying to think of the one on HBO. Are you talking about the dude from Andrew, the, uh, the dude with the curly hair? Yeah. Like he actually I, got canceled now, I think, which oh sucks. No. But Oops. No, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna get into that, but I, I do like his style of doc. That's Channel Five. That's that's the <laughs> yeah, Channel Five I documentary. Did. Yeah, they did on the January sixth, right? Mm-hmm. So I see. Yeah. All of, have you seen yeah. their other stuff? I've seen little. You should you should go to YouTube and check it. Type in Channel Five on YouTube. They have a very that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. What, it's like a different. It's like YouTube? a new take. I don't it's even... a real playful. Well, no, nah, I'm not gonna say all the stuff is playful, but it's a new take on journalism. That's what I was saying. Yeah, and. It's interesting because you're in the same place I'm in, like as doing more things with social media. Because like I've, I'm very ignorant to social media, getting front. Um, so, um, so just what am I trying to say? So, but seeing how people are creating with social media, it is making me want to find more innovative ways to storytell as well, because you know. The hour-long documentary is cool, you know. I do enjoy those, but I am seeing people are consuming energy, not energy, but in ways it is energy. Maybe I meant to Every, say that. It's all energy. Yes. Yeah. Ding. People are consuming <laughs> <laughs> information um, in different ways. So my stubbornness, I need to catch up with the different ways. And also not every story takes an hour to tell. That is true. And that is one thing about thing that I admire with your sketches because you are getting to the point very quick and, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything. And that is something I'm still learning coming from the long form, <laughs> the long form, yeah, long form world. Learning how to like, you know, just, did you watch The Fifth Element? Mm, no, I haven't. Then I'm not going to do this reference. You ain't going to know what I'm talking about. Somebody will know what you're talking about. You can do it. He's seen it. Karen's seen it. <laughs> I might have actually seen it. I probably, I probably just when not, she not gives remember. the long name and he's like just Lilu Dallas. Just anyway, see, you gotta watch the movie. Sometimes you gotta simplify stuff. Thank you, but you yeah. need to make sure you take time to watch that movie. Yeah, the Fifth Element. Mm-hmm. That is a that's a movie that I was. <laughs> that's a movie I will quote randomly, especially you know. Chris Tucker's uh, parts, but anyway, mm. I was watching recently about Ice Cube talking about they they try to give Chris Tucker twelve million to do next mm. Friday. He didn't want to do it. He turned down. He said for religious reasons, he didn't want to curse or smoke on camera anymore. Oh, all right. So he had a yeah, he had a change of heart since the first one. Um. Okay. So oh yeah, but even just to wrap that that uh that note <laughs> off. We are definitely, if you think there is like a project or something that we would be good on, definitely reach out. Let me know. We can, we're definitely down to work on stuff. Okay. Um, what, uh, what's next for you? You're dropping stuff for PBS. You're doing these freelance and stuff. What is your next, you have a next personal project you're working on right now or? Um. If you need help, we'll help you get all your stuff over <laughs> to YouTube, get you off Vimeo. That got needs you to be my next. Kidnapped right now. My next project. I can't see what is that. I can't see. Do you see what he's showing? Yeah. He wants me to talk about having an Emmy. 
talk about that? I mean, we, we t- did we touch um, on that? I thought we, I thought we did touch on that. No, you said you got nominated for it. Well, I've been nominated like five times, but finally. Yo, talk about it. What but are you doing? <laughs> I won. Talk I did it. win one. <laughs> That's what he wants to talk about. Yeah, we we would love to hear about that. How, how did I don't, how, how did it feel winning your first Emmy? And what uh, did you win it like? If you want to tell us about what it was, very it was very validating because when you're talking about probably my hardest piece, it was uh, that one because there were so many things going on at the time when I did that piece. Um, so when I won, it was just like it was all worth it. All the yeah. Which piece was it for? Um, this was with Virginia Currents. It was Art of the Journey. And I did two pro- two profiles on people that one person was a recovering alcoholic and the other, um, oh, it was, yeah. And the other woman, Myra Smith, um, she was talking about her story of survival and how they turn these very traumatic events into um, ways to help others, either through their art. So um, it was John Wharton and Myra Smith. So that, yeah, that piece was difficult. There's, there was a lot of uh, outward forces going on. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I remember, I remember, like, contemplating quit, quitting because of how uh, bad things were. So when I won that piece, it was just like, you know what you're doing. Like, follow your, inst- follow your instincts. Did you have a team for that one, or? It was just me. Yeah? Yeah. So you shot at it? Oh, wait. Um, no, I did have uh, I did have help on that one. I had another shooter helping me with that one. So but as far how'd as you find out, like, they re- oh. how'd, you, how'd they reach out? Did you... Did you go like on stage? Was it like the, at the award show or? The funny thing is, I was late cause, to the show because um, I was. They were doing an Arthur Ashe rededication, so I was filming that because I was doing a piece about getting right with our history. So I was shooting that the day of, thinking like, "Oh, I'll I'll get there on time." But yeah, so my um, other coworker was like, "Oh my God, you just won." As we were like walking into the hotel, to uh, <laughs> it was like no, but like at the same time, with my awkward with my awkwardness, um, I'm kind of happy I missed when they called my name because I wouldn't have wanted to go up there <laughs> at I'm all. Weak, so you didn't even get to go. Uh, that's crazy. I'm, I'm not even. Did mad. you actually end up going to the show though? Like you were you were there though? Like you were just late for your acceptance? Yeah, I was late for my acceptance. That's funny. But yeah, it was cool. <laughs> my mama mm-hmm. was proud. <laughs> you got the Emmy up somewhere in the house? Yeah. Um, Javi wanted me to bring it, but I didn't want to be. Oh, like, we. I don't want to be <laughs> like. I didn't want to be like that. That's definitely something to be proud of. Like I am, but I'm also like, okay, so what's next? Very much so. I'm on the same shit. I get it. Yeah. So I was like, that was the. That was the validator, and I'm like, all did right. Did you go back to work the next day, or did you take some time off after the Emmy? Like, let me take a little break. I, I mean, I ain't rich and I didn't go back to work. I guess there's no money that's involved with winning an Emmy, right? You just get to be like, oh, look at what well, I Well, I mean, I mean, did it present any new job opportunities? Like, like now you're like an Emmy award, like you're a. You know, oh, you have I mean, Emmy. I think it helped with the word of mouth stuff yeah. because everyone likes to, you know, 
They they like when they see you know Emmy winning. Because that's like a blue check in real life. <laughs> you talking about social media? Like you got a you got a real life blue check. You know what I mean? I guess I don't know. Yeah. I guess. So I guess really my last question was, um, what are you like working on right now? Anything that you're like want, want to say that you're working on? Like what's coming up next? Like personal projects and new ventures that you're doing. <laughs> I'm so boring. <laughs> you're like nah, I just be at home. Um, doing edits, basically. But um, you gotta, work, you gotta fo- do folks on your posture as well. I do a lot of edits now too, so I'm like <laughs> constantly trying to like let me not edit like this the whole time. Well, well, with right now as uh, VPM, we are working on a uh, pilot episode for a show that highlights Black influences in music, and the first episode is on um, jazz fusion and its influence on Afrofuturistic expression in music. So. That's what I'm working on now, <laughs> but okay. um, not anything personal as of yet. Yeah. And um, for people that want to tune into this stuff, um, is PBS still on TV? Or like, where's ma- the majority of their viewership now? Is it on is that like YouTube or? How well, they the, do it? Um, they'll be able to see it on uh, VPM's um, YouTube page, and I don't. I may end up on PBS.org. I'm not 100 percent sure with how they're going to be publishing stuff, so. Yeah, the, yeah, this is for um, BPM, which is Richmond's PBS affiliate. So that's what is that's what I'm working on right now. Okay. Yeah, I feel. Hell yeah. <laughs> that um, that might be a fire spot to leave, Matt. Do you want to touch on anything else? Do you want to? Um, I wasn't trying to insult young editors. I was just talking about my experience with. I don't think you insulted us. I just wanted to make sure. I didn't want to sound a certain way. Mm, no, I don't think you did. Because I have learned a lot. Karen's a young editor. Because one did thing I insulted? definitely have learned is about how to you gotta get to the point fast. So that is mm. one thing I have learned from you youngins. Yeah. So. But I mean, I I enjoy a good uh a good long a, a good uh, longer well told story. If we're talking about you know, um, I like a lot of uh, is it Scorsese. Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. These are all like two, three hour long movies. But um, mm-hmm. I think at the end of that, at the end of the day, really, it's about the story. You know what I mean? Um, you can shoot it different ways. You can do different things. But um, that's the substance. That's like the chunk of it. That's even like you might notice we do. We use these are 1080p cameras. Mm-hmm. We don't have like for the skits we use his camera, which is like 4K. Um, so it's a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, but for these, like we, this is 1080p. We're not really too worried about video quality. It's more about the substance mm-hmm. and the conversations and the relationships that are happening here. Um, so that I think that's part. That's that's the story. Even though this mm-hmm. is all this is all a collective of a, a bunch of individual episodes, whatever. Like this is one episode. Everybody's individual episodes. We talk to a bunch of people that don't even know each other. But I think it's like this is this show or whatever where everybody has been on the show. It's like it ties everybody into the same story mm-hmm. somehow. It's like we're telling a it's like we're telling a story that we don't even know the ending of it yet. But it's like we're telling and living the story at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird, but that's how I feel. Yeah, you have we're doing. very much a variety of guests, which I really appreciate. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you for coming through. Um, we appreciate you guys for tapping in. Hell yeah. That was hard. <laughs> Anything else you want to say? You good? We off it. 
Let us know in the comments who, uh. who was more awkward, me or her. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> let's get it.